All your favorite CBC podcasts are now available on YouTube. The best in award-winning true crime investigations, hilarious comedies, vibrant pop culture conversations, and even more audio series are all available on CBC Podcast's YouTube channel. You'll also find exclusive video first episodes, YouTube shorts, and behind-the-scenes content from our hosts and producers that you can't find anywhere else. So if YouTube is your go-to source for podcasts, just search CBC Podcasts and hit subscribe, and you'll never miss the latest update. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. In terms of internet poets, Sabrina Benayme might as well be Alfred Lord Tennyson, uh, Sylvia Plath, Pablo Neruda. Let me explain what I mean by that. So nine years ago, Sabrina got on stage at a poetry slam in Toronto. She gets up on stage, she, she takes the microphone, and she gives a performance that changes her life. Anxiety is the cousin visiting from out of town Depression felt obligated to bring to the party Mom, I am the party Only I am a party I don't want to be at Mom says, why don't you try going to actual parties? See your friends Sure, I make plans I make plans, but I don't want to go I make plans because I know I should want to go I know sometimes I would have wanted to go It's just not that much fun having fun When you don't want to have fun, Mom So that's a poem called Explaining My Depression to My Mother. Sabrina gets up on stage and performs that. Someone films it, posts it on the internet. And since then, the video of that performance has been viewed more than 10 million times. It launches her into overnight success, overnight fame. Since then, she's written two hit poetry collections. She's gone on a world tour, talking to fans everywhere really openly about her mental health and theirs. But here's the thing, and this comes up over and over again uh, on this show. When you become well-known as an artist who speaks openly about your mental health, you also want to be known for writing about other things. Earlier this year, Sabrina released an audio-exclusive collection of poetry. It's called Chaotic Good. And she wanted to be more playful, happier. I mean, showcase the more nuanced parts of her life. So she's going to do a performance uh, for you from that collection in just a second. But first, I talked to Sabrina Benayme about leaning into joy and about trying to be more than just, quote, that depression girl. Am I onto something with the joy thing, the idea that you want to, you're sort of leaning into joy on, on, on this thing? Yeah, definitely. As I started doing shows um, and touring my poems, people would say, oh, I came because of the mental health stuff, the depression stuff, but I didn't realize I was going to laugh so much. And because in between the poems, you have to talk to the audience, you have to tell them stories, have banter. And I got to kind of expose my personality, which you don't see in a three-minute video of me having a panic attack. You're not like, oh, she might be funny. (laughs) You're just like, poor girl, you know? So I bet she's got a sense of humor when she's not gasping for air. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, maybe she's got jokes. So so it was – I kept getting met with that response from the audience. Like, I didn't realize you were going to be funny. And it kind of made me realize, like, oh – there's only one specific part of me in public on the internet. You know, if you go, if you follow me, you might get a little bit more insight to that. But yeah, I wanted my work to reflect the whole of me and not just a part of me. What happens when a poem like the one we just heard goes viral? Well, for me, nobody knew I was depressed before that poem went viral. Oh. So it was like a tenfold where it changes your life in so many ways. But for me, it also just changed how I lived my life. Like, 
I started getting help after that poem went viral. I started going to therapy. I went on medication. Like, it really changed the course of how I lived my day-to-day life on top of the fact that now I am a poet for a living. So you hadn't been public about um, experiencing depression, and then you are very public about it and in a poem that you weren't expecting to do anything, mm-hmm. and then it gets viewed by like millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. But you that, that helps you decide to get help? Well, when I was writing that poem, it was genuinely to explain to my mom what was going on with me and how I could tell her, like, I need help. Yeah. So I had started getting help before when I was performing. I performed that poem in August, and mm-hmm. it went viral in, like, September or October. Mm-hmm. So in that time, I had already started getting help. Just, like, saying the poem out loud was the kind of trigger to get help. Mm-hmm. Once it was said, I was like, I could face it. But my mom hadn't heard that poem when I did it at that poetry slam. She heard it after. It was, like, recited for the first time. And? And that was a huge catalyst to her and I just, like, kind of navigating it together instead of me trying to figure it out secretly alone. Right, because you know what? Now Now that I think about it, it's not just you experiencing this sort of, like, viral fame, but because the title of the poem as her in it, mm-hmm. it's also kind of her. Mm-hmm. And she loved that, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, she was like, make me famous. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> and then my second book is like so much about her yeah, that yeah, yeah. she was just like, this is wonderful. How does your life change? In so many ways, your life changes. Like you start living outwardly. I mean, I wrote two collections now. I'm like, I was doing tours. I was po- doing poetry everywhere. It was just a, so much a part of my life that... I don't know, it's just different, you know? Like, I'm living a whole different life than I was before. I feel like a different person, honestly. Do viral poets get recognized? I only have been recognized a few times, but my favorite time was at the Minnesota airport. I went to get a coffee before my flight, and it was like 6 in the morning. Yeah. And I went to get a coffee, and the girl was like, oh, Sabrina, you don't have to pay. And I was like, what? You know my name? And she was like, I love your work. And she, like, made me a coffee, And I left and I was like, this must be what it feels like for some people all the time. Like, imagine Rihanna. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, this is amazing. This is cool. Don't don't you feel like if it was at that level? Yeah, I don't know if I'd like it as much if it was like every person that I walked out on the street knew me. In the the poetry collection, in in Ars Poetica, um, there's a quote I loved. At a poetry slam, a girl walks up to me and asks, if I'm that depression girl... I nod my head because, yes, I am. Yeah. True, true story? True story. Yeah. And what do you say to that? Like, yeah. If that, that's how you know, of course that's how you know me. That How else would you know me from that video? So I am that depression girl, yes. But it's moments like that that made me kind of start leaning into my writing about writing about other things because it was like, I don't really want to be that depression girl. Because before this, I was just Sabrina and no one even knew I had depression. Yeah. And now depression is like the only thing people know about me. So that was kind of strange. Yeah, I I would understand that that might be. I I just talked to Logic, you know, the rapper Logic. And he has that song, that Mm 1-800, which is the the U.S. suicide helpline. And he said, like, it's taken me a long time to come to terms with being like, the suicide rapper or the depression rapper and like mm-hmm. it took a, it took a toll on me. Yeah. It's also hard when you're known for that and you actually are having a depression spell because it feels I don't know for me I tend to not post about it. I tend to not cuz I don't want to exploit this thing that I'm struggling with. It feels weird to try and like 
it it is part of my quote unquote brand at this point, you know, yeah. mental health struggle. So talking about it wouldn't be out of out of line. It wouldn't come out of nowhere. But at the same time, I don't want to exploit yeah. it or it, it can feel strange sometimes when you are dealing with it to have to like still represent it. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of what, what our artists have talked to me about, like when they become sobriety writers, when mm. they write a lot about sobriety, sobriety, they feel like they can't. They feel like an added pressure to stay sober. It's not just they need to stay sober for themselves, but they need to stay sober because they've become this like symbolic person of sobriety to people who need help. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You feel I that? Do. I do feel that sometimes. It's also you you struggle because there isn't really like an end, right? Like I'm going to be dealing with this for my whole life. Of course, I'm going to get more tools. I'm going to navigate it maybe more smooth as time goes, but it's, it's still something I'm going to be dealing with. So it's hard to have it I don't know it's like I can't have a poem that's like and this is how you fix it or like and the, you know what I mean there's no like it's like it's a struggle period like it's they're all gonna sound like this <laughs> if you pay seven ninety nine yeah. for the bonus content uh, I'll teach you how to get through all of it you, you know? know so I do kind of feel a pressure there where I'm like I I can't offer much solution because yeah. I'm struggling with it still but I'm doing what I can you know and what you can do is go hey I'm a full formed person. Exactly. I'm not just this one thing. I'm not just uh, uh, depression or anxiety or mental health. I'm also a fun person, you yeah. know, so I, th- that makes me understand this collection a little bit more. Yeah. Want to listen to some music together? I do. All right, let's do it. I am a party inside of my head inside of my home wherever I go Sabrina Benem is my guest. She's got a new audio exclusive collection of poetry called Chaotic Good. One of my favorite moments is where you talk about seeing Beyonce at Coachella. Yes. That's not Beyonce, what we just heard. What are we listening to right now? We are listening to Fred again, who is sampling, explaining my depression to my mother. The song is called Sabrina, I Am a Party. And you were at Coachella one of the biggest music festivals in the world. Uh-huh. I was. <laughs> and Fred again is performing at Coachella. Yep. And? And I was, they, Fred again was kind enough to bring me out because I hadn't seen a show yet. And I got to watch Fred perform my song at Coachella while my face was up on screen and I was in the audience. And it was wild. It was really wild. I got to bring my best friend also, so that was like, just very cool moment. Felt very full circle, in a way, from that Beyonce moment of, like, you know. It's it's so surreal. And there was someone filming me for Fred to see my reaction. So the people around me were like, why is this girl being filmed? And then they realized, oh, she's the girl on the screen. And then afterwards, they were like, I really like your song. Like, your song is my favorite on the album. Like, oh, this, how did that feel looking at yourself? And you're just like, I don't know. I'm in another dimension right now that this is my life is that is that exciting is this an exciting story you're telling me it's wild like how is that my life you know it's been so cool to see not only how the poem has affected people in its original form but how many people have interpreted it in their own way i've seen like really cool fan edits of videos and performances people reading it i've seen 
very cool art made out of it. Any tattoos? A few tattoos, a couple bear tattoos, which I think are very cool. Yeah, I always like the bear tattoos. Do people send you the pictures of the... Oh, sorry, for people who wouldn't know, can you explain the relevance of the bear Oh, yeah, the poem opens with a line saying, like, my depression is like a firefly in the palm of a bear, and one day, some days I'm the bear. So So people get the bear tattooed with the firefly? Yeah, with a little firefly. Oh, that must be meaningful to you. Very cool, yeah. We'll be right back. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. There's another part of this poetry collection that I, I, I thought was interesting. So there's like funny stories, there's happy moments, and then there's milestones, not the bar mm-hmm. or in grill. You're more of a Boston pizza writer. Oh my goodness. There are milestones that come up, but the milestones aren't necessarily for you. Mm-hmm. There are friends of yours who are getting engaged and friends of yours who are having babies. And, and I think to people who are 35 who maybe haven't crossed that part of their life yet, mm-hmm. it can be a complicated feeling yeah. to to go to a lot of baby showers and go to a lot of engagement parties. Talk to me a little bit about about writing about that. Yeah, there was a moment where I just found myself in, like, several bachelorette party group chats. We were having a lot of, like, housewarmings and, like, pregnancy announcements and second pregnancy announcements. And it was at a time when I was, like, I, I, I think what I was kind of reckoning with was, like, do I even want those things for myself? And so to see it happening and to know, like, you know, I, I'm a millennial. I grew up on Disney. Like, it's, like, you're going to find a prince. You're going to get married. He's gonna, you're going to have children. You're going to have a white picket fence. Like, that's – you kind of grew up on that idea. And, and now the world is so different that you don't – that's not really expected of you. You can completely function not doing those things. Do you and think something changed? I do think things have changed a bit. Like, definitely. I mean, I'm 35 living alone with my dog. Like, that is probably not something – that my mom would have done when it was, you know, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. She went from her family house to an engagement, like married, living together. So I think that was kind of the typical way. And now it's different. And I was really reckoning with like, do I want these things? Is it okay if I don't want these things? And I was just really happy for everyone around me, but also really like in my head a little bit. It, it I definitely had a lot of therapy sessions dedicated to like milestones and just like, what does it mean to me? And do I need that? And I think it's important to write about those things because there's not a ton of not a ton of literature on like what it is to grow up in this age because we're in it right now for the first time, right? It's funny to talk to you about it because when I when I hear your poems and, and read your poems, I often make the assumption that I'm hearing your own thoughts and the story of you and incredibly autobiographical. You're like, you're kind of smiling right yeah. now because it's not always true, right? No, it's not. I think I, a big thing I subscribe to is something can be true to the poem and not true in real life. Like, what's true? In Depression and Other Magic Tricks, for example, there are several love poems that just 
straight did not happen. Like I'll say, oh, when we slow danced by Little Sugar Creek, but really we were on a road trip driving by and I saw the sign and like the name, you know, and that's it's in the poem, the, the narrative I'm creating. We did slow dance. That truly did happen. But in reality, that's we weren't even in a relationship of any kind. Right. And so there are poems, you know, sometimes you have to change things for just the protection of the people involved. You know, I'll change names or I'll yeah. change the scenario so it doesn't the details, you know, so it doesn't expose anyone where yeah. they don't want to be and doesn't expose me. Sometimes I'd like to keep things for myself. You but, know? But, but isn't it also just sometimes fun? Yeah, it's absolutely fun. It's fun sometimes, too, to imagine the alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you look at the world differently because you're a poet? Yeah, I do. I think I'm a poet because I look at the world differently. What do you mean? Like, I don't. Poetry to me always felt like my like inner language, yeah. how I kind of understand the world. And I, I have a lot of friends. You can ask them. The biggest thing about me is like they find me hard to understand sometimes. Like I'm a little bit, I don't know, I just don't make sense to people. And But to me, it makes perfect sense. And to me, that's what my poetry is. It's like the way I make sense of the world. Are there things that I or others can do or people listening to can do to look at the world a bit more like a poet? I think everybody has a certain, like, I mean, anyone could write a poem, I think, if they applied themselves, absolutely, if they wanted to. I think it's just embracing the way you look at the world, because we all do see it quite differently. And it's just a matter of kind of, you know, sometimes I start a workshop with tell me a fun fact. And people will say, I don't know that many fun facts. But it's amazing what you know that other people don't. You know, what you might think is completely regular information is a fun fact to someone else. It's new to someone. So we in workshops, you'll find like it after the kind of check in of fun facts, everyone's like, wow, I learned so much. I didn't even realize other people didn't know that. And that's kind of how I feel about poetry. It's like you don't know the way you see the world is so unique until you say it. And people are like, oh, that's so interesting. But also I can apply to all those things. I can recognize myself in that as well. So if you can tap into the unique way you see the world. Yeah. Just embrace it and just be honest too, you know? Be honest that the way you see the world is different than the world everyone else does. Yeah. That's really, really helpful. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. It's been a pleasure having you here. Oh, it's you, been great. You're going to read, and let's let's not have another five years, by the way, in a yeah. global pandemic before we do this again. Absolutely. You're going to read a part of a poem? Yes. What are you going to read? I'm going to read a piece or the end chunk of I'm Not Going to Lie to You. Anything, and for people who are about to hear it, I know we're just going to hear a little bit of it, but anything, anything you want to say? Um. I think this poem just came out of like really trying to be honest, like again, with how things are with the world and how, where I'm at in it. All right. Okay. uh, This is Sabrina Benane with a little bit of, I'm not going to lie to you. I have been alone for a long time now. And since I gave my word, I won't lie. All I do is crawl my bones home. All I do is flip the record. All I do is think about things that are true. Overcast with a chance of sun, finger-smudged window pane, a cloud of loud tangerine. They don't put gargoyles on buildings anymore. There are at least 45,000 species of spider. Nobody knows what I do when I'm all by myself. Everybody knows somebody who is in love. You are the somebody I know who is in love. You are the love of someone else's life. I'm sorry I ate all the candy that night. I'm sorry I'll never see you again. 
That's Canadian poet Sabrina Benane performing a bit of I'm Not Going to Lie to You. It is always so nice uh, when you come in and read for us and, and have a chat. Yeah, it's so great to talk to you. Thanks You're for wonderful. coming in. Thank you. You're wonderful. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Sabrina Benaim's most recent poetry collection is called Chaotic Good. It's an audio-only collection, and you can hear it on Audible, Kobo, Google Play, basically wherever you get your audiobooks. Uh, that's it for us today. The other podcast we have up today is with, I mean, this is pretty exciting, one of the most important choreographers of our time, Fatima Robinson. She starts out hip-hop dancing when that was the only place you could do it. There were no lessons. There were no flyers on telephone poles. There were no university classes in hip-hop dancing. It was ignored by the mainstream. And now, not only is it you know widely accepted uh, and part of the mainstream, but decades later, Fatima Robinson is choreographing a major movie, the new version of The Color Purple, and she's choreographing two Super Bowls. She'll be here for a conversation. Go check that out. See you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.